welcome to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have... Biz Dara, Kit, Bria, and Flick. Last week, Flick underwent the inauguration ceremony and became the official leader of the Shimmerscale tribe. In one of his first acts as leader, he established the Council of Twelve, made up of the rest of our adventurers, Dranks's group of friends, and Hawks, uh, the Thoughtful Three, and Meepo. I don't know what we're calling them these days. Anyway, uh, they are the <laughs> Council of Twelve. Festival season has begun as a ten day of celebrating the new leader will commence, while Flick goes off with Kashak to attune to the Shimmer Scale and begin to be initiated into the mysteries of tribe leadership. What will Flick learn from the Shimmer Scale and from Kashak? What will the rest of our adventurers learn from the kobolds that they interact with? And as we asked last week, how drunk are they going to get? <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> hey, y'all. roll for it. Hi. I know you. You're going to roll for drunken? I don't have I will, a staff oh to lose. I'm fine. <laughs> I will wake up with a terrine on my head. I'm fine with that. Should we have we ever explained to our listeners the the staff story? Why you guys are so scared of rolling for drunk? Yeah, uh, no. Lot, yeah. So really quickly, uh years ago when many of us started playing, uh Flick and uh Bizdira and Bria and I were in a campaign together and pretty early on they were pretty low level and their characters got way drunk and I made them roll on a what happens when you're blackout drunk table and some <laughs> of them were funny little things like one of the characters woke up uh with her head stuck inside a soup tureen but <laughs> um, Bria's character uh lost her most prized possession she was a wizard and she lost her staff of protection and her staff of defense mm-hmm. and it was sh- that character has never totally gotten over it she even had that character now is like 16 levels later got the staff back and like still isn't super over it no she got the staff back and didn't believe it was real because it's been so long and so she still <laughs> thinks she's gonna wake up tomorrow and it's gonna be gone so no there there will never be happiness again in short clearly i life. traumatize my players so get ready for that kit <laughs> No, thank you. Kit will stay sober. I'm not losing my order staff. Yeah, that'll teach you. <laughs> All right. So I do want to start uh, with Flick uh, this week. So Flick, you go off uh, with Kashak to his chambers and begin the process of uh, what he calls becoming one with the scale, uh, which mechanically is sort of like attuning to a magic item. But the Shimmer Scale is an artifact an artifact level magic item. And so it works a little bit differently. Essentially the way that the shimmer skill works is that um, you're going to spend actually eight hours meditating with it to get it's your just sort of base attunement to it, to get your connection to it. And you'll be able to access some of the powers that the scale contains, but this artifact is going to, uh, I guess the easiest way to describe it is that it's going to level along with you. The longer you're with the scale and remain attuned to it, and the more powerful that you as a character become, the more powers will that will reveal themselves uh, that you can access from the scale. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So Kashak sort of explains to you a little bit about the history of the scale uh, that, you know, at this point... 
in, in official records, what little records the, the Cobalts have, and in, in terms of oral tradition, much about the scale has been forgotten. Uh, but he says, as you begin to connect to it and deepen your connection to it, there are certain things that the scale will teach you, is the way he says it. Uh, and you will begin to learn about its history and about the tribe's history and about the uh, the world. Sure. And so uh, you sort of close your eyes and much like meditating to Denier that you do at the top of every day, you focus on the scale. And for you sort of lose track of time. You're used to sort of going deep into meditation. So you're not sure how long it is, but it, it definitely, you definitely sense that, that you have been sort of focusing on it for, for a good chunk of time. And normally you at least get a little something from Denier. You begin to feel the power flow, but you're not getting anything. You're not getting anything. And then all at once you have your eyes closed. You're sort of sitting down. Your breathing is regulated. You're holding the scale in your hands. And all at once the sense of this item sort of implants itself like a little kernel of awareness in the corner of your mind. And it's sort of startling because it all happens very suddenly. And you sort of, I don't know how to describe it, but you sort of, you poke mentally at that little part in your mind that feels like it is connected to this, to this scale. And you open your awareness to that kernel and you can sense, of course you can right now because it's in your hands, but in a, in a sort of non-physical way, you know that you would be able to pinpoint this scale's location and orientation no matter where it was. Okay. In terms of game mechanics, you essentially have a permanent locate object spell active on the shimmer scale, but unlike the spell, the range on the spell is normally limited to the object has to be within 100 feet. This actually doesn't, as long as the, the scale is on the same plane of existence as you are, you can pinpoint its location and orientation. Okay. Nifty. So that's the first thing that you sort of get. The, the next thing that happens, and this happens just before caught you feel sort of a hand on your shoulder and Kashuk sort of shakes you out of your meditation. Um, but the, the next thing that you feel is that you feel, and this one is, is also hard to describe, but you sort of feel, like, oh, how do I describe it without just being, like, s- super obvious and lame? Something about the way that your sort of, your body works just changes and slows down. Um, not that your movements and your thought processes, not, not that your active processes are slower, but you just sort of feel like you, oh, I don't know how to describe it. Let me tell you what it does, and maybe you can help me describe it. Okay. So essentially, you also you have a feature now that is similar to the high-level druid feature, Timeless Body. Uh, the magic of the Shimmer Scale causes, causes you to age more slowly. So for every 10 years that pass, your body only ages one year. Okay. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how to describe like what that feels like or how you become aware of it. Well, maybe in like a... And this is kind of woo-woo-y, I guess, but he's a cleric, sure. so just go with me on this. He, <laughs> like, maybe feels a sort of, like, solidity in the universe, maybe? Like, more, sure. like, time is, l- I don't want to say less oh. sort of sacred, I guess, but, like, it, it no, I love is that. slipping like, it's, away it's from him It's pulling against you. you yeah, I mean? like, you feel, you feel the... the- constant push of time against you less exactly that's that's exactly what i'm that. going for there there's like great more it of is a super woo-woo-y in and i love it time you know great i don't know i love that 
So at that point, uh, Kashak sort of shakes you out of your, your meditation and smiles and nods at you. And you look down and you see that the scale is glowing slightly. Uh, and you all of a sudden are exhausted. Uh, and you sort of slump a little bit and Kashak is ready with a, with a bowl of food. And he tells you that you did well, uh, but that it is, it has been eight hours that you've been that you've been out and meditating on this thing and that it will, the next couple of days will be the, the most difficult and the most sapping of your strength, mm-hmm. uh, but that it will get easier. Okay, great. So let's take a moment and flip from flick over to the party. I'm for drinking. Me too. Most of the party sort of the, the sort of central festival area takes place in the arena and so you guys can sort of stay in that area. Tables are brought out and, and kegs and bars and things like that are brought out. But really the, the festivities sort of spill into all of the tunnels and you could sort of go anywhere and find, uh, find Kobold celebrating. So, so what are you three, uh, doing? Drinking. <laughs> Drinking. Okay, drink. Drink. okay. We're, we're being one with the people. Yes. Okay. Be. <laughs> I am one with the people. All right, great. So I have a little drunk table. I'm going to modify some of it because some of it doesn't make sense since you're in and among a bunch of kobolds. You've got to do it, Kit. Don't several. worry about it. Don't I don't want to lose my quarter staff. Now I'm really afraid. <laughs> Y'all scared me. It was, I mean, okay. It was terrible. Um, it was terrible. I won't lie. Okay. So... First, let me have... So you guys, you spend at least the first day, right, just, like, drinking and partying, right? Like, this isn't time for work yet. You're just hanging out, yeah? Yeah. Great. So let me have have constitution saves from everyone. I don't think any of you are resistant to poison at this point. Is that true? No. Okay. So just straight uh, constitution saving throws. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Bizdira, let's start with you. Fifteen. Okay. That's not too bad. Uh, Bria. Ten. Okay. And uh, Flick. A kit. Sorry. I do that every time. You both have K's. Kit. Hello. Oh, dear. That Seven. face. Seven. Oh, I kit didn't want to is do this. wasted. So you tried to sort of keep up with... Do you not want to get drunk? You don't have to get drunk. I don't? Can I just have no. a few drinks? I don't want to get yeah. drunk drunk. I mean, you're going to get tipsier than you intended with great. that role, because I would have made fine. you do the role anyway. But like... Okay, great. Uh, Bria and Bizdira, though, I assume that you all are just getting full on rager drunk. Oh, yeah. I want to be, like, dancing with Aryx at the end of the evening. Great. Okay. So let's start with Bizdira, because Bizdira, your constitution save was actually not bad. Mm -hmm. So you um, managed to sort of keep your wits about you pretty well this first day. Go ahead and roll a percentile for me. Okay. What could possibly go wrong? And I'll give you, if it's it's a particularly bad one, I'll give you a re-roll because of your your decent uh, save. Uh, So what was the number? 48. 48. All right, I'm going to consult two different charts and see. Oh, oh, that's so gross. Let me look at this other one. Oh, I mean, that's so I feel like gross is perfect for Bazeera. Okay, go ahead and roll again. Uh, oh, my God. 29. 29. 48 and 29. Oh, okay. I kind of like that. Okay. Um. We're going to go with that one because it's less horrifying. Wait, can we get so, to know what the first one was? I mean... Even though it's not happening. I just want to know. Will... You made it so sound so interesting. <laughs> sure. Why not? Uh, roll 2d4 for me then so that I can tell you exactly what it is. Oh, this is Do so inappropriate. Do you separately? No, you can add them together. Five. 
Okay. This is super inappropriate. So if you are sensitive or with small children, warning. Um, so the one that we're not going to do <laughs> is that the next morning you wake up on the floor of your room, on the floor, uh-huh. in your bed, I'm reading verbatim, in your bed, there are five sleeping prostitutes. <laughs> you, however, are still fully clothed, and this is the gross part, and unsticky. Unsticky. Okay. That's so gross. However, so what is actually going to happen? Five sticky prostitutes in the bed. <laughs> Ooh. Great. What is going to happen, though, is that the next morning, like, you have a great old time, um, and the next morning, you wake up in your bed, and on top of you is uh, a note uh, signed by uh, one of Dranks's friends, and all it is is the note just says, thank you. <laughs> You've no, you'd have no memory of, like, why they're thanking Wait, you. Wait, what if, why like, she's one of his you. girls? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, listen, I wanted to be friends with them anyway. I know you did. All right, Bria, you roll percentile for me, please. Okay. No, sticky. No, sticky. That's so gross. Why did I say that? (laughs) 94. Oh, goodness. All right, hang on. Let's see. Oh, that's... (laughs) Take away your staff of defense. (laughs) (laughs) You lose everything. Okay. Um... No, it's it's actually sort of fine. It's actually sort of fine. So on the table that I have, you you win some money, but money is sort of not a super useful concept in The Last Refuge. So um, I think that you... Oh, gosh. I don't know. Wait, I'm actually something? stumped. You win something, yeah. I have potions, maybe? Mm-hmm. I was dancing with yeah. Alex all night. You were dancing with Aryx the whole night. Wait, is there a love potion that we can give? No, but that's what it is. That's what happens. Here's what happens. Because you rolled, your your save was goofy, but your percentile was high. So here's what happens. So you spend the night sort of dancing with Aryx. And somehow, like, in your drunken, goofy dancing, like, Aryx is having a good time too. Like, he was clearly down because of everything that happened, and not the least of which was that, like, Varn was pissed at him. But you were so drunk and so goofy that you managed to, like, sort of improve Aryx's mood. And... Varn saw you guys having such a good time and he like he just couldn't stay mad like he was yes. at Oryx. And he's still like kind of pissed and obviously like the two of them need to talk, but he by the end of the night he sort of went over to Oryx and like pulled him aside and like had a conversation that ended with the two of them like nuzzling. I don't know. Smooching. No. No. Getting drunk is the best. <laughs> Kit, you stayed pretty well with your with your wits. Uh, so is there anything in particular that you would like to have happen throughout the course of the evening? Um, I just want to keep an eye on my friends and make sure they're okay. And okay. I also want to know, what can I can I say that I saw what was happening with uh, Bizdira? Absolutely. <laughs> but now, I, do you tell me? <laughs> yeah, sure. So, um, so you saw, you saw, uh, Bizdira sort of trying, uh, as she got a little drunker, she went over to Dranks and, and his friends who were all sort of, for the most part, stayed together for most of the night, just like sort of trying to be friendly with all of them. And Dranks was sort of like, you know, cordial enough, I guess, but like was sort of having none of it. 
And two of the girls, like, were, you know, watching drinks for their cues. But this third girl, like, clearly sort of was receptive to Bizdira's attempts at, like, being friendly. And so eventually when Dranks and the other two left, she, like, left with them and then came back. And, um... <laughs> essentially, you you followed Bizdira and this girl as they left the party. Because <laughs> you were super curious. Like, you, st- you were far enough away that you couldn't hear what they were talking about. And so you watched as they went back to Bizdira's chambers. And you stayed outside for, like, a brief moment. And you just started hearing, like... This, like, grunting and, like, <laughs> weird noises. And you just couldn't help yourself because you had had some to drink and you got a little tipsier than you thought. And so you sort of poked your head in and Bizdira was teaching this kobold to fight unarmed. I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That was great storytelling. Great storytelling. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Toss, toss. Uh, super <laughs> did not know what it was going to be until it came out of my mouth. <laughs> That's what... Mm-hmm. Yep, thank you. So that is uh, that is what you saw that night, uh, Kit. Yay. Okay, so that sort of is the way that the carousing goes for, for this night and for the next several days. You guys can begin to sort of organize the council. Flick really doesn't reappear for the next, uh, until about two days later. So three full days after the... Uh, after the inauguration ceremony, what is funny? It's crazy. You said flick and he popped up like a gopher. <laughs> <laughs> flick doesn't really reappear for another, uh, for essentially three full days after the, um, after the inauguration ceremony. And Kashak does show up to tell you that he's fine and sort of let you know that it'll be about three days before he's able to, um, to come and participate. But he encourages you all as the rest of the council of 12 to, uh, to sort of get organized and begin talking about things. And you can begin to gather some information from tribes, people that you talk to, uh, you know, that are varying levels of, of drunk and happy during the festivities. And so let's sort of really quickly just talk a little bit about what you guys find out from the kobolds. What sorts of questions, specific questions, like let me have maybe one from each of you, if you each have one, about specific things that you'd like to find out over the next couple of days from the kobolds. Bria, we'll start with you. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> yeah, now you know how it feels. <laughs> okay, we don't have to start with Bria. Does anyone have one in mind already? That was my bad for putting you on the spot. Um, I kind of have a... I guess I sort of have sure. A question it can be yeah. Like just give it. me just give me some guidance. Yeah, just sort of give me some guidance as to what because I'll I'll tell you guys what you need to know. Yeah, I think that um something I'm curious to know from the folks that we talk to is what is what is the one thing that they would most like to see change in the way that the tribe is governed now that we are moving to new leadership. Great. So there is a small contingent of. Kobolds, and it's it's actually much smaller than you would have expected. That want to go out and sort of be expansionist, right? Mm-hmm. They literally want to go out and like find like roving bands of orcs in Yuan-Ti and fight them to expand the Kobold territory and take what they think should be theirs. In talking to them, and then also like obviously as part of this Council of Twelve, you're discussing this with Hawks and Dranks and the rest of them you sort of discover that actually these people sort of drive Dranks a little crazy. They think that they are like Team Dranks, hashtag Team Dranks, and and modeling what he wants. 
But he sort of explains that that's not, like, they're misinterpreting his whole thing. His whole thing is that you all, is that the kobolds in the Shimmerskill tribe shouldn't have to be afraid and stay underground and live in constant fear of their neighbors. And that, like, yes, maybe there are places where, like, the orcs and Yuanti have encroached on what used to be historically cobalt territory, and maybe you want to try and take some of that back. But his whole thing is not that you need to expand and fight, but just that you don't have to be afraid all the time, and that you guys, you, the kobolds and the Shimmerscale tribe, should be able to have the strength and the presence to be equal partners in the last refuge and to not be afraid and hidden. But these people seem to sort of have taken it a step far. But it's a relatively small contingent of kobolds. The rest of them pretty much do line up with Hox's group and Dranks's group. A good chunk of them do understand what Dranks is really intending and are anxious to find ways to, you know, beef up their military strength, but also just sort of are excited. Like, some of them are actually people that are kobolds that you think, like, in terms of temperament and personality, you're actually more sort of of the style of the Thoughtful Three. Like, they're thoughtful and inquisitive and things like that. But they're into Dranks' ideas because there's a whole world that they have been so unable to explore and learn from. Then there are those who are on the other side who feel that, you know, things are perfectly good. You know, yes, they spend a lot of time in the tunnels, but they're kobolds, and that's their natural habitat, and they're not unhappy. They are relatively safe down here. They have everything they need. As the Thoughtful Three and Meepo have shown, like, there's plenty to learn from brief, quick scouting missions up top and learning from the tunnels. And then just like there's a sort of extreme group on the Drank side, there is an extreme group on the... uh on the Thoughtful Three side that feel like, you know, all activities should be pulled underground, the entrances should be sealed, and, you know, Cobalt should be safe in the tunnels and stay there, because even one or two lost Cobalts from scouting missions is too much. So there really is sort of a full a full spectrum, and, you know, like I said, there are those two extreme ends, but there's a lot more overlap in the middle than than you all sort of got from from your first couple of weeks here. Um, okay, so uh, Bizdira and Bria, any other uh, specific things that you want to find out about? Not for me. That I mean, that really okay. answers everything Great. for me. Great. Bizdira, anything? No. Okay. <laughs> Great. Good job, kid. Thank you. <laughs> so that sort of, and finding all of that out and continuing to discuss it and, and the ramifications of all of these things with the rest of the councils takes up the, the next several days. And then Kid, uh, Flick, sorry, is able to return to you all and you guys can get down to business. And here's what's going to happen. You guys are going to stay with the tribe uh, in the tunnels and, and doing scouting and things. You're not going to spend all of this time underground, but you're going to stay with the tribe because what you told me was that you wanted to stay as long as you felt it was necessary to really sort of get things on solid ground with the tribe, get things running and in a place where you felt like you could leave if you needed to and leave things in the hands of the rest of the council and things would be stable, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. yes. Correct. Great. I'm validating you in this moment. Thank you. Also, remember that if you nod, the audience can't hear you. Well, <laughs> you literally, you also, you all, all nodded. Went, mm-hmm. You also use the word right as a, uh, a period at the end of a sentence sometimes. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't go up enough at the end of my sentence to yes. indicate that it was a question. Thank you. <laughs> That's what you all said you wanted to do, right? That's correct. Right. Yes. <laughs> you were correct, DM. Great. Great. Okay. So um, that's going to take about a year. Oh, okay. 
to because you all being in charge, creating a council rather than one singular leader, these are all big changes, right? And then any changes that you want to make within sort of the way the tribe functions, they're big things. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take about a year and we're going to do a little sort of time-lapse montage of this year. I will tell you that over the course of this year, you all are going to level. Um, and we will we will, <laughs> we will discuss the specifics of your leveling uh, at a later time because it's not gonna it's not gonna affect anything right now. But over the course of this year, stuff happens, and you guys begin to build a solid tribe that you eventually feel like is beginning to. By the end of the year, you feel like. You know, it's maybe not as stable as you would exactly love for it to be. It's maybe not exactly where you want it to be. But you're beginning to see that, like, things are things are going well and things are beginning to solidify. Let me have... Let's start with uh, Bizdira. Roll me a d10, please. Two. Oh, 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 oh. This is so happy. No, it's so happy. Oh. So one of the things that happens over the course of this year is that... Um, while you guys are governing, obviously you all have lives as well. And, uh, you know, you continue to interact with people. And eventually, about uh, half a year into your stay here, into this first year of governing, Arix and Varn decide to get married. Yay! Oh my gosh! And, I'm like, planning the, the ceremony. The ceremony <laughs> is, is definitely unique. You guys have never seen a... a well, you've never seen a cobalt commitment ceremony in the first place, and then certainly not one on a different a world. commitment ceremony. <laughs> um, but it's lovely, and they they are life partners, whatever. Can I be um, the flower girl? A hundred percent. You can be the giant Azamar flower girl. <laughs> like dripping like flowers. Yes. Like... It's great. Great. So that's one of the things that happens over the course of this year. And I now, feel another like thing succeeded. that's. We can leave now. Yeah. <laughs> Goal attained. Another thing that you guys can do, some of you guys were training in languages and other things. You definitely have time over this year to train in something. What I'll do is I'll say you guys can train in a, you can become fluent in a language or proficient in a new skill or weapon if we can sort of justify that you found someone to train you in that skill or weapon here among uh, either you guys or among the kobolds. Yeah. So think about that for a moment, about what you might, what your training thing is going to be for this year. And in the meantime, uh, let's have Bria roll a d10 for another event. All right. Arx and Varn babies. <laughs> it's a four. <laughs> it's a four. That would be a little Why are you upset about it? You don't know what the numbers are. It's a small number. A two ah. got them married. Okay. So this one's really interesting. So... Partway through the year, and actually we should say that Arx and Varn got engaged and married like three months in. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Great. Six months in, a plague hits the tunnels. Ooh. Oh, no. It It is unknown to you all and to the kobolds exactly what this illness is. Um, and it only, you manage to realize what's happening pretty quickly. And so... It's up to you guys to decide how you want to handle, like, quarantine, if you want to do quarantine, or how you want to handle the sick cobalt. Are you going to isolate them and, and contain them? Are you going to try and treat them? Are you going to, what are you going to do? You're at the point, like, you've, the, let's say, like, 
there's still a relatively small number of affected kobolds. You've able to you've been able to identify most of them. What are you guys doing to help deal with this? I think all of the above. Mm-hmm. I think isolating and quarantining and then you know, whoever's willing to help and treat them and take care of them. Okay. I don't think it should be something that's forced upon anybody. Okay. But I do think that there will be enough kobolds that will want to help their loved ones. And sure. of course, us as part of the leaders, I think that we should absolutely help and try to treat them as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think just like totally. story-wise, I think who should we put sort of like maybe like research uh, in charge of like research or I think maybe well, either Kit or Oryx maybe? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say... I would like to ask Rx if he will work with me to research Perfect. whatever the disease is, and so we can work together to try to come up with some sort of healing potion that will take care of everyone. And or even sure just a remedy right. of some sort. It doesn't yeah. even have to be a potion. Just yeah, yeah, medicine. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Don't kill Rx. He just got married. <laughs> I like how she's more concerned about Rx than her sister. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're, sister. We don't know. We don't sister. know that. Hasn't Vizira dropped that truth bomb? Yeah, in this year, can we just can we just clear the air on that one? Can we just? (laughs) No, I like the way things are going with that. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to find a spell that would cure diseases. Uh huh. Just to see if any of you guys have have access to it, but. I mean, I could learn it, I think. I was about to say, do do I have anything like that? There must be, but like... Well, can our healing hands do that? Or is it just... No, that just, that's just actual damage. I mean, you could mitigate some... You, there's detect disease. Yeah, I have I have that. Would that tell me what the disease was? I was about to say... It would, it. Yeah, it would tell you a little bit about it. There is definitely a higher level cleric spell that's like cure disease. Right, that's what remove. I thought, but... But I don't see like a cure disease or remove disease and lesser restoration doesn't specifically say anything about. Uh, well, isn't there like here? some sort of like. Oh, here we go. A simple outbreak might amount to a little more curable by a casting of lesser restoration, a more complicated outbreak. OK, so um, here's what we'll say. So, Kate, you want to you want to head up the research about this thing? Yes. Yes, please. Okay, great. So between that and Flick, you'll definitely have access to second level spells. And so you'll have access to Lesser Restoration, which is a second level spell, which will do some good, although you can only cast it twice a day. So right. there's only, you know, so much that you can do with that. So Kit, give me an investigation check, I suppose. And you can do it with advantage because Rx is going to be helping you with that. Okie dokie. Oh, well, I crit on the first try. Amazing. Okay, great. (laughs) So you guys do pretty well to figure out how best to treat it. And Flick, you're able to cure a fair number of people. Kit, you're able to work with Rx to sort of synthesize a cure as well, though it's going to take some time. And in that time, so you manage to isolate and quarantine a lot of the kobolds, but they kobolds are dying, including the ones who volunteer to to go in there and help. No. And uh, Flick, it's it's particularly tough on you because you actually contract the disease as well and have to use a lesser restoration on yourself to keep yourself going to be able to cure more of them. And, and every few days, that becomes a thing. So, you know, you're limited even more with the number of spells that you can cast because you have to make sure that you, because you're in there with them, that you stay mm-hmm 
healthy. Kit, do you have something? Well, I also can do lesser restoration. Is that a thing that I Oh, can you use? can. Yes, I have that as a Yes, absolutely. So th- that will help a fair bit too. And again, you then also will run into the same problem that Flick does. Um, in that every few days you have to use one on yourself to make sure that you, you know, stay healthy enough to continue working. Sure. But yes, that'll help, that'll help a good bit. So you do manage to synthesize that, that cure though, which essentially, which eventually like once, once you're able to make it can be sort of produced in, in larger numbers and, uh, you're able to sort of, to bring the outbreak to a close. But, you know, you lost a, you lost a good number of, of kobolds before you could sort of get it under control. Um, for the most part, though, the the tribe sees how quickly you were able to help, and and frankly, it's been a while since there were kobolds with the strength of magic that you all have. You know, Kashak had some magic with him, but you guys are are fairly strong in it. And that actually brings me to another point that I should have mentioned a long time ago, which is that about a month after your first attunement to the Shimmer Scale flick, Kashak passes on. That's I, I was, was literally a, just about yeah. to ask. Yeah, I should have mentioned it a while ago, but he taught you everything that you needed to know from him about traditions, about how to continue to connect to the Shimmer Scale. And he knows that, uh, he, you know, actually, he is sort of, honestly, after about a 10-day, he's surprised every day that he wakes up because most of the leaders in the past sort of have have faded more quickly. But he knows that his time is coming and he sets his affairs in order and uh, is is at peace. Uh, but after about a, a little under a month, he, he passes on. Ugh, okay. Well. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what you guys want to train over the course of the year. Anybody know if you, what you want to do? I do. Okay, Flick, tell me what you want to do. Um, I would love to become as fluent as possible in Draconic. Because okay. I feel like, especially and especially like their own special little dialect. Because now that I am their leader, I feel like that's most appropriate. Great. So you had five days of training in it already. Yeah, total. Okay, great. So if you already have five days of training in it, um, it'll take you another two hundred and forty days to become uh, fully fluent. So you can do that. Uh, there's also supposed to be a gold cost associated, but like I keep saying, like money, at least at the moment in the last refuge, is not really a not thing really that we're going to worry about. Now, there are more days left in the year, not enough to fully train another thing, but enough that you can get started on training another thing. So do you have an idea of what you might want that to be, or do you want a minute to think about it? Um, I'll take a minute to think. Okay, great. Does anybody else know what they would like to train on in this year? I mean, I would like to learn Draconic as well. Okay, great. Did you have any days already started on it? I can't remember. Uh, I don't think so. I think, so. I don't think so. Okay, each one day. Okay, so then it'll take 249 more days because it takes 250 total. So 249 more days um, for you. And then uh, you also will get to a, a jump start on a second thing. Do you know what that might be? I think after our time partying, I think I would like to learn how to brew. Uh, to like brew alcohol? Yeah. Okay, great. So you'll be working on proficiency with a brewer's kit, which uh, you can definitely find a cobalt to uh, to help you out with. I thought, I thought I might, yeah. Yeah. There are 364 days in the year. So Flick, so you have 119 days towards whatever the next thing is when you decide what that is. And uh, Bizdira, you will have 115 days towards brewing. Okay. Okay. Bria and Kit, any idea what you guys might want to finish training in? Um, I would also like to learn how to speak Dr- Draconic. That feels like a, okay. a proper thing to do. 
Okay. Had you started any of that, or do you just have the one day? I think it's just the one day. Okay, great. So 249 to finish that. You guys are fluent in Draconic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you know what your other thing that you're going to start with might want to be? I think I want to continue with my um, working. I I want to continue working with Rx um, on potions and all of that stuff. Great. All right, we will, and we'll hash out exactly what uh, it'll be two yes. uh, potions or whatever serums that you're that you're able to do, and we'll hash that out soon. Indeed. Bria, um, can I do like a skill proficiency? Probably in what? Um, I'm thinking athletics because I have a negative one in that. She just wants to go to the gym every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll buy that. So yes, so you spend 250 days. Training, and you can be proficient in athletics. Do you want to start training another thing? Um, well, I already know Draconic, so I'm good there. Right. That's what's tough. You can think about it, too, for a few minutes. I'll come back to you mm-hmm. for the second thing if you want. Cool. Great. Okay. Flick, we're going to hop to you and talk a little bit about more about some of the things that you get as you continue to deepen your connection with the Shimmer Scale. Great. I love that. Yeah. So over the... And these are all sort of spread out uh, throughout the year. Um, and we're about six months in at this point into your year with them. So these are the things that, you know, you've you've gotten over the, the six-month period. Um, one of the first things that you gained access to is an incredibly powerful spell that the Shimmer Scale allows you to cast once per year. Whoa. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And the spell is called Prophecy. Wait, do I know what it is? Normally, it is normally a ninth-level spell. Whoa. <laughs> But you have access to it once per year. Um, you pretty quickly realize that Kashak cast it not long before you guys showed up. So it'll be a while, probably another several months before you're able to cast it again for yourself. But essentially, you it takes an hour to cast it, to prepare yourself uh, and prepare the space and the components for it. Mm-hmm. And you are able to sort of cast it without any of the material components. There's a whole spell description. that, But sure. all you need to know for right now is that it takes an hour of preparation. And then once the preparation is done, you enter a meditative state that cannot be interrupted for the duration of the spell, which is another hour. Okay. While you're in that state... You experience a number of premonitions, visions, portents, and other omens about the future equal to 1d4 minus 1, minimum of 1. The visions might be literal visions of something that's going to happen, or they might be more metaphorical. The caster can attempt to direct the visions to be about specific people, places, or events by making a spellcasting ability check. The DC for the check equals 17 plus the number of years in the future that the caster wishes to see. So it's a tough check. Only one specific person or group of people, place, or event per casting can be selected by this method. The remaining portents are about subjects of the DM's choice. That's me. If the caster drops to zero hit points for any reason during the duration of the spell, because remember, this meditative state cannot be interrupted, uh, you continue to receive the visions while you make death saving throws. (sighs) These saving throws are made at disadvantage because the caster is completely immersed in the visions and unable to prioritize your own safety. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, So you know that you have, that this spell is contained within the scale, but that you don't yet have, it hasn't yet, like, what, recharged, I guess, right? Sure. You also get the sense that there are other things, there are other spells, there are other powers that the scale contains, but you don't yet have access to them. Great. Okay. 
You also get a few other revelations from the scale. So one of the first revelations that you discover is that similar to that sort of kernel of awareness in your brain where you can pinpoint the scale's location immediately, over time, two other similar kernels sort of pop up in your brain as well, but they're significantly fainter. You can sort of get a sense of the general direction of these other two things, they feel similar but somewhat different to the shimmer scale, right? But they're sort of this, they're in the same realm, whatever, right? And you can get a sense of what general direction they're in, but that's sort of it. But you know that there are two other things out there that are somehow connected to the shimmer scale. You also, a little bit later, discover exactly that, Bria, that these three kernels are all connected to you in a way, because you are connected to the Shimmer Scale, but they're also connected to a location some distance from here. Um, You don't know much about the location other than that, other than as much as you're being sort of drawn in a way to all three of these little kernels of awareness, those three kernels of awareness are being drawn to that location. Make sense? Yep. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, Kit, do me a favor, roll a d10 to see what the next event is this year. Okay. I decided what else I wanted to do, too. Great. We'll come back to that in a moment. Oh. <laughs> it almost <laughs> fell off, but it didn't. And Good. I rolled a one. Oh, interesting. I am afraid. Okay. <laughs> so about nine months in, Dranks has begun to train up a little bit of a militia. They're still pretty new, so there's not a lot of, you know... There's not a lot of going above ground and sort of patrolling and all that stuff. Like, they're still very much trainees. But there are some, and there is a big hubbub one day, and the Council of Twelve is immediately summoned to meet because Dranks was out with a party training them and sort of doing a bit of patrolling and scouting, and they managed to capture an orc spy who had come into Cobalt territory. What? And you all need to decide what to do with this captured orc. Interrogate the bastard. Cut off his toes. Oh, my. Oh, my. (laughs) Uh, yeah. I can cast a spell on him, too. You could probably cast several spells on him. Yes. Well, depending on what we want to do, (laughs) I I could get him to talk, probably. Yeah, well, he needs to talk. Um, Yeah. What, uh, sorry. I'm looking at my spell list. I could do charm person. We could see if that worked to get him to give us info. Yeah, that could work. But what are we going to ask him first before I cast, if that's what we are going to do? What were you trying to achieve? Like, what were you looking for? Yeah, we need to know his his goals. What's his MO? Okay. And you're going to charm him, uh, Kit? Yeah, I think that's going to make the most sense. I think we- What's your spell save, DC? It is... Da, 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 13. Well, oh, what level is great. she? You got a, Does that matter? He no. got a 12. Yay. Huh? Hmm? We're going to say at this point, it's no, it doesn't matter. Um, so he got a 12. So he is charmed for, what is it, a minute? Uh, oh, let me double check. Do, 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 do. Oh, it says the duration is one hour. One hour. Great. Mm -hmm. So he's okay. Great. So you guys have plenty of time. So he's friendly with you. You guys ask him questions and he essentially tells you um, that he came to check out the Cobalt territory because there is some unrest uh, and there have been some skirmishes between the orcs and the Yuan-Ti. And he was sent out to scout out Cobalt territory to see if they could sort of use, like if, if, 
anything had changed in Cobalt territory or if it was easy as it ever was to sort of get through there, shove the Cobalt aside and use it as a as an area that they could that they could go around to sort of like flank uh, the Yuan T forces. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. rather than because like Cobalt and Orc territory, sorry, uh, Yuan T and Orc territory, like they have a, a border between them. And he was checking to see if he could, like, to make sure that there was nothing that was going to stop the orcs from taking a force through Cobalt ter- territory down and around to sort of get behind some of the Yuan-Ti forces. Do we want to try to create some sort of, like, treaty with the orcs? I want to know what Drake just... thinks of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think we need to... Um, there is sort of a an ingrained racial hatred after all these centuries of the orcs and Tranks is logical about it. And he sees the value in trying something like that. His big concern is that right now the, mil- the military strength of the kobolds, if we're going to call it that is not up to snuff. And it would be so easy for the orcs to take advantage of a treaty and then just like break it and crush the kobolds. Right. Okay, he fair. like, he's not, he hates the idea but he would be willing to consider it when the kobolds are stronger. Gotcha. So then the question becomes, what do we do with this orc Yeah. at yeah. the end of this hour? Uh-huh. Right. Because you know at the end of the hour, he's also, I think he's going to know that you charmed him, right? Yep. Well, yeah. we could also put him to sleep Oop. and then drop him off elsewhere. <laughs> That's true. I I mean, we could do that. Like, it's, I don't. I think it shows a little bit of good faith that we don't kill him. No, we're not gonna. No, sure, we're not gonna kill sure. him. I mean that. I mean, Bazira is um, not I, against Varn, the idea, but <laughs> Varn points out. Varn points out also that you know if you let him go and release him, there's a good chance that he's going to go back to the orcs, and he, you know. Varn wants to do something so that the orc cannot avoid telling the other orcs that he was captured yes. because that's a show of strength. Yeah. For you I guys. was thinking the same thing that if we if we drop him off, if we let him out somehow we have to make it very clear that he was captured and we do have strength even if we're fudging how strong we are. We don't want to just let him go. Can we brand him? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, With yes. the shimmer scale. <laughs> oh, I was just no. gonna put a big well, K on no, like not the his... actual scale, the the shape of the scale. Oh, the shape, okay. right, right. I was, <laughs> I if... was like, that's weird. <laughs> I was also gonna say, if we decide to like put him to sleep and just drop him off somewhere, we could just like bound, like bind him up with ropes. Oh, there like, you go. Yeah. So that he has to be found. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's we should put him nicer in the... to do than branding him. <laughs> we should put him in the same river that we were in when we found Arix. Yeah, because wasn't that outside? Don't we know that that was like outside Cobalt territory? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, you do know that it was outside Cobalt territory. All right. Yeah, we could do that. So, um, you you know, Arix has been experimenting with the sleeping potions that you guys got from the Moss Lurker from uh, Zagara. Mm-hmm. And so he's able to sort of whip up a, a sleeping potion that you guys, uh, or he has some whipped up, I should say, that you guys give to the kobold just before the charm person spell ends so that he, you know, believes that, you know, it's just a, a nice draft of cool wine or some nonsense. Mm-hmm. And he passes out and you guys can sort of take him, tie him up and leave him by the river. Great. Well done. Well handled. Should, should, should we pin a note to him? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Saying you're welcome. 
<laughs> yes, it just says you're welcome. Love the cobalt. Yes. <laughs> perfect. I love that. I think that's perfect. Um, okay, so the two of you, the two of you who uh, needed to tell me what your other training things are, um, Flick. Do you know what yours is? Not yet. Pass. That's okay. Uh, Bria, you do. Um, I would like to. Anytime that drinks brings his group up, I would like to go with mm-hmm. them. Um, I don't. I don't know that this is like a skill proficiency or anything, but um, to okay. really be like mapping the land. Oh, okay. I love that. Yes. So you have, we'll say after this year, that you have a pretty solid map of Cobalt territory and a little bit outside of it. Cool. So you guys can't get lost in Cobalt territory at this point. And you can always sort of find your way to Cobalt territory, like in terms of direction, stuff like that, if you find yourselves out of the territory. That's great. I love that. Okay. A couple of other things that you guys find out throughout the year. One of the things is that, so if you remember, magic was all screwy during the trials. Yeah. This happens monthly. It wasn't something that was attached to the trials. And you eventually realize that during the three days of the full moon every month, magic becomes unstable and unpredictable. And that casting anything more powerful than a cantrip almost always has unexpected side effects. But now at least you know when it's going to happen every month. Mm-hmm. Okay. And does this there are happen... Two... Sorry. Uh, does this happen throughout the Last Refuge or just in the Cobalt part of it? I'm assuming throughout the whole territory, but just to be totally clear. It would make... It happens throughout all of Cobalt territory. Sure. Whether or not it happens on the rest of the island, I'm not sure. Sh- I mean, sure. I will say that you could have gone like to the edge of Cobalt territory, stepped outside of it on one of the days of the full moon and tried to cast a spell, mm-hmm. and it still happened. Okay. Yeah. There are some other oddities about magic that you discover. There are two days of the year, the shortest day and the longest day of the year, where magic fails entirely. And you might not have even noticed, except that Flick freaked out on both of these days because his connection to the Shimmer Scale was completely severed on those two days. Perfect. You lost your awareness of it. You lost the ability to access it, like, everything. It was... So, you know, so those two days you know... No magic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, There are mm -hmm. two other days that are between those longest and shortest days when magic felt weird, odd. Um, They didn't fall in the full moon cycle, so you know it wasn't that. Um, But you guys aren't exactly sure what the deal was with the magic, and both days happened to fall, uh, because you weren't expecting them, they fell when you guys were very busy in the tunnels and weren't really able to get out to experiment, and you knew, like... When magic feels weird, like, sometimes really bad shit can happen, and you didn't want to risk harming yourselves or others. So those two days are still a mystery. You sort of have an idea of when they're going to happen, but you don't know exactly what is the deal with magic on those days. Cool, yeah. So that's some stuff that you find out as you spend this full year in The Last Refuge. Great. We have one more event to deal with. So Flick, give me a d10. That is a six. A six. Ah, Okay. So as you guys are, uh, as Dranks and his his sort of side of things are training the militia and becoming bolder and bolder to go out and have scouting parties and patrol parties, um, the Thoughtful Three and Meepo's side of things, or Hawks' side of things, also is being expansionist, but within the tunnels themselves. Mm-hmm. They're exploring and expanding into old abandoned tunnels and even beginning for the first time in a long time the the construction of new tunnels. And while they're doing that... Hawks discovers 
a very, very old book from before the kobold settled this area. And it takes a lot of study because it's not written in draconic and it's not written in common. Actually, tell me, oh, I can, uh, tell me what, we're going to look up languages that you guys speak. So Bria, let's see with you. So you speak common celestial and draconic. Flick, you are common infernal elvish and dwarvish. That's right. Kit, common and celestial. And Bizdira. And druidic. Oh, I don't know if I... And Druidic. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I don't have... No, 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 you're right. Yep, and Druidic. It's not... Spoiler alert. It's not in Druidic. Sorry. I'm shocked. Um, (laughs) I'm shocked, yeah. Bizdira, you do Common Celestial and Elvish. So, Bizdira and Flick, you guys recognize this language as an old, old Elvish. Hmm which is confusing and weird for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. Um, But as you sort of read it a lot, I mean, it's old and a lot of it has sort of rotted away or been destroyed or smudged or whatever. But you get bits and pieces, not a ton of information from it, but you get, you very quickly get the sense that much of this book is actually about a landmass other than this island. And it talks a little bit about, and not, and you can't get enough specifics, but it's describing sort of geographical features, weather patterns. It almost seems like a sort of almanac. And every now and then, there's just an entry that sometimes spans years. And those entries are just, just listed as cataclysm. Interesting. So that's what you find, and you you try and sort of study it, but, I mean, the book, now that also it's sort of exposed to the air, like, continues to decay and crumble, and that's really about all you can get from that book. Flick, any idea what you want your last training to be? Well, you said... That's okay. Um, That's all to be known from this book. I can't observe it Yeah, more. that's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, honestly, I think, at the risk of being kind of lame, um, I it's think... Okay. He is going to focus on knowing the people better and being no, sort of that's, a public that's figure. No, that's absolutely fine. That's um, absolutely I don't, fine. So any time that you need to make any sort of charisma or wisdom check involving kobolds, you have advantage. Sure. Great. I love that. Great. Okay. So the last couple of things that happened this year. Flick, you get a few more revelations from the scale. One of them is is sort of surprising and confusing to you. You realize eventually, after meditating uh, with the scale for a little while, that the power in the artifact is connected to something larger. It feels in some ways similar to what you experience when you pray for spells and, and connect with Denier every day, but it's much... the The connection feels much further away and much weaker and much older. Okay. Dragon. And that's um, that's sort of what you get from that. At about the year mark, Flick, mm-hmm. you have a final revelation as you're meditating. Memories flood back to you in a rush. The answers to the questions that have plagued you and your friends for so long, the questions of who sent you to this strange world and why of your purpose, your mission, and your destiny are blindingly clear now. And you know that your time with the Shimmerscale tribe has to come to an end pretty soon. You and Bria and Bizdira and Kit 
have work to do. And just as you sort of take that in and you think that you have learned all you're going to from this revelation, you remember one final piece of information and it chills you. And you sprint out of your chambers to find your other three companions because you all have to leave and you have to leave now. Time is of the essence because Flick... Your brothers and sisters, that family that you fled from so many years ago, they're somewhere on this world, and they're working against you, and they now have a year's head start. And that is where we're going to end it for this season. You son of a bitch. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Last Refuge. Just so you all know, we're going to take a a really quick little break uh, after this episode. That's going to be the end of what we're going to call Season 1, The Cobalts. Next week will be a hiatus week. That'll give us a chance to catch up on some recording. Assuming then that everything goes to plan, the following two weeks, so November 29th and December 6th, will be special character episodes. Each week, two of the characters will get a chance to explore their backstories and tell us how they got where they are. I'm super excited about these. The players have all come up with really fun formats for their stories. There may or may not be a musical on the horizon. And uh, I think you're all going to love learning more about Flick, Bria, Kit, and Bizdira's pasts. Uh, After that, we're hoping to release a special holiday episode on December 13th, and then pick up the story with Season 2 starting December 20th. Be sure to listen when we start up Season 2 to find out why the party is here on The Last Refuge. If you have enjoyed your listening experience, it would be the bee's knees if you could leave (laughs) us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcasts from. The more five-star ratings and reviews we get, the better our placement on those sites, and the better our placement, the more people will get to listen. You guys know how important it is. It doesn't have to take more than a couple of minutes. Just drop us a review. We would be so grateful. Remember also that you can reach out to us on Twitter at DND Last Refuge. That's at D, the letter N, D, Last Refuge. Or you can email us at dndlastrefuge at gmail.com. We also have a website with character and player bios and other cool stuff. That web address is www.dndlastrefuge.com. As always, I want to thank Robert Hupp for my story consultant for this campaign. And I want to emphasize even more my thank you to you all for listening. It's been a super exciting 19-episode season. I hope you all have enjoyed, and I hope you're excited to find out what happens next. I'm your friendly neighborhood dungeon master, DM Jazzy Hands, and with me I have... Vizdira, Kid, Priya, and Flick. Happy gaming, y'all. Wow. <laughs>